Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell. Uh, we are here for the final DFS slate regular season Morning Skate Podcast. Um, DJ, can't say I'm all too sad about the season coming to a close. Um, had my ass handed to me for another night on Tuesday, despite Pittsburgh getting absolutely embarrassed by Chicago. Um, you know, doesn't matter. 40% chalk, who cares? They they lose, uh, still still get there somewhat. Um, you know, so so just just awfulness all the way around for me this year. So closing this chapter and on to the, the playoffs. Uh, DJ, how you doing? How was your Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday rocked. Uh I had two pickums, put them out at a good decent time for everyone to jump in, and they both hit. So turned hundred into two thousand. Uh, we always like to do that. And and yeah, just gonna keep re-rolling into other things. Advanced what 34 of my PGAs of the 150, which isn't great, but I, what can you really expect? I guess uh, I think that's yeah. that's above expected. It's not. I am. Uh, it's just sort of like I remember like getting. I got the paid today. And I was like, this doesn't feel good to get back to hockey, but whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's gonna be the same with the NHL playoffs. Like you must have, you know, you somehow figured something out to go crazy, but. Yeah, it's a good segue into what we're going to begin the show with. Uh, but yeah, no, underdog stuff, good. I didn't really play the slate on DraftKings. So why yeah, don't we DraftKings, get into uh, DraftKings decided to post some DK PGA Rainmakers contests that overlaid. So that actually saved my night because on the late slate, they had two five-mans in the 3-3-3 like, buy-in for $1,500 packs. And they were head to heads. <laughs> so uh, I won one of those, uh, lost the other one to a, a Joey Decord captain team, despite me not having Decord to lost, but just, you know, that DK scoring and whatnot um, ended up beating me. But I at least managed to claw back uh, most of my fees on the night from, from that. So shout out to DraftKings, knowing I needed a lifeline. Um, they credited my account with Canadian dollars this morning. You know, always on top of things over there at DraftKings. I had to be like, hey, uh, don't think that's right. And they went, nope, that's not right. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, good thing, you know, good thing I'm paying attention because Lord knows, uh, you know, other people might not be paying close attention. So, uh, yeah, I uh, got my... DK Onyx package, Apple stuff today. So I got my new phone, got a new iPad, uh, probably going to sell the, uh, the the laptop because I don't need a laptop. But, you know, I, I guess all things considered, it's been a, you know, decent DraftKings week, despite never, ever coming close to winning on a main slate for forever, it feels like, which just sucks. But here's what it is. So, uh, yeah, our no. plan of action for this show. Uh, so we have a 15 game slate on Thursday. Look. I can promise you we are two of the most invested people in hockey on the planet. These games are going to be absolutely atrocious from a like real life hockey standpoint. Um, of course there'll be fantasy scoring and whatnot, but we're not going to dedicate, you know, an hour and a half to deep diving every single game here. Um, we'll quickly cover the slate. We'll go position by position, point some stuff out. Um, but yeah, well, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs, about the matchups, about what we know, what we don't know, and sort of how we can use that in the underdog, uh, you know, Zamboni 20K to first contest, uh, probably the biggest playoff contest we get unless DraftKings really backs up the Brinks truck uh, for one of their slates here. So uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, DJ, what do you want to start with? Yeah, I think we just 
get into sort of a little bit of strategy and a little bit of what it is. And I'm not going to get into too much of what best ball is because a, I know I've explained it a thousand times on this podcast and I wrote an article and the first three paragraphs are sort of a very quick explanation with some, I don't know, bargaining to give it a try. Maybe this is the best way to put it. Um, And then some overview on like what this specific contest is. So if you are someone that likes drafting fantasy teams, if maybe you're in a few leagues at home and you also jump into a few random ESPN lobbies, um, imagine doing that, but it's a six-man draft for just the playoffs and you will be getting points automatically and you don't have to change anything. There's no maintenance at all. There's no roster changing. Your best players will score for each series. And once the entire round is over, teams will move forward. They win. and the eventually the top team will get 20k it's ten dollars to enter per team and you can draft 150 of these like me there's also a three dollar one if you've never done this stuff before and you just want to put in ten dollars and use promo code msp and they'll match deposit that up to 100 actually but if you do 10 they'll get ten dollars and you just want to draft a couple teams to give it a go feel free so um yeah that's the very basic overview for the nine thousandth time after i said i wouldn't do it but you know this contest is a little bit unique but i did a whole here article is- on Puck Luck. Yeah. Uh, here's something I just learned. Uh, turns out if you are located in uh, either Missouri or Kansas, I don't remember where exactly Jimmy lives, but both of those states, you can actually draft on underdog. Yeah, you can't do the pickums, but guess what? Neither can I. I can't do pickums in Pennsylvania, but I can draft this Zamboni shit. So Jimmy, when you're in the Discord trying to yell at me tomorrow morning, uh, just remember, you could be doing this. You just choose not to because you don't like money and you like donating on DraftKings, like, like your boy Moots here. So I'm going to, I'm going to, um, yeah, I don't want to get too in the weeds on me reading through my drafts. I'm just going to say today I was in a lobby and a guy took, I'm not exaggerating, eight different teams in 12 rounds. That's not an exaggeration. There is two, two man sacks. So I think he took that with, right? Eight different teams. Seven different, whatever it is, right around there. That just can't win. I mean, that's drafting a team that just has a 0% chance of winning. Like that's happening in a lot of lobbies. So you get in these lobbies and again, all of the money is for the Stanley Cup finals. Like if you look at the prize pool, which is in my article, I believe, maybe not actually, but I guess I didn't post the prizes, but all of the main money is if you get in the top 10, really the top five. So you're really trying to get, a roster that can win the whole thing. That it should be your goal in every draft you do. You cannot win if you do not meet the roster requirements in the Stanley Cup Finals. One center, one defenseman, one winger, one goalie, and two flex. That has to be existing in your thing for a finals to have a chance. Okay, any any thoughts before we dive a little deeper? No, it's very straightforward. Uh, my My preferred approach is basically you know, in each draft, the board will unfold, but I'm trying to get exposure to, you know, uh, multiple teams like uh, for different drafts, but uh, trying to get one center, one wing, one defenseman and a goalie for, you know, that's like my hinge team. And then, you know, maybe I'll do another four from the other conference and say, oh, well, if these two meet in the finals, there's eight guys to choose from. And those are sort of like my power lineups where like, yeah, I could actually go nuts if, you know, if Colorado meets uh, Tampa in the final or something, you could have eight guys. But really, I'm going like four and then getting two from like the opposite conference, uh, 
preferably different divisions as well within each conference as you're adding three, four, five teams to your stacks and making sure that, you know, if you have a four from the team that quote unquote wins the Stanley cup, you can have another two from the team that loses the Stanley cup and, you know, you're going to get good players for all these teams. So, you know, don't feel, uh, don't feel like you can't pick like Winnipeg or Seattle or, um, you know, I like Florida, freaking Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's really fun. There's a lot of strategy in each draft and I think the rake is being paid by people still. Um, it's not quite as soft as it was in the first couple of weeks, but I do think more casuals will sort of flood in once yep. the dance fills the NBA contest. And uh, yeah, it's like a very straightforward concept. I think. I mean, I was in another lobby today where three different people were fighting over Boston. Like, <laughs> they only have one real goalie that's probably I mean, like like I know last year that God Kemper got hurt and Francois or Frank Franco, I can't freaking remember how to say his last name now. He's been so long because I remember that beautiful man. But yeah, I know he ended up getting some teams to the final. Um, and as I said in my article, only one Kemper team made it, and Vasilevsky still outscored him in the losing effort. Like very weird shit like that. But regardless of all that point, people will be taking Swayman because they are just forcing Boston and Boston at best projection, even if you want to say that money puck is stupid or whatever, and they have like 13, 14%, even if you want to say that's dumb and it's more like 20%, 25, you just can't convince me it's more than that. And that one quarter of the time where they get there, like you can cover yourself in enough drafts, but you can also take a ton of other teams that it's really not that unlikely that, you know, it's not that much of a difference. Um, I'm not saying yeah, not to grab Boston. I've done it. I've done great Boston stacks, but man, people are all in on them. And we've seen this exact story. The best team ever in the modern cap era. We've had this exact script come to us before. And that team was a Tampa Bay Lightning. And they went to Columbus and got smacked. And now Boston might be facing Florida round one. I don't know. I, I just, I'm fine with fading it. But Matt, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Um, Honestly, I don't remember. Uh, so it probably wasn't that important. But I was the league, just, the league uh, is just has a lot of parity. And no, honestly, I think what you were gonna say, or maybe maybe you didn't like, say it, but like the point I think you should have made is people are gonna come over from the dance where they just were drafting NBA, which is not the same. And I know there's been a bit more parity in basketball, but it's pretty well known. There's a lot of teams that just are not moving on. It's incredibly unlikely that they're moving on. There isn't a single series that I am 100 percent confident that I would put any amount of I mean, I put money on it because I love to gamble, but there, I mean, try, try to convince yourself, like even like Vegas, Winnipeg. I mean, I, I know that you're low on Winnipeg, but like you're telling me Hellebuck couldn't beat Versois in a series. I, you can't, right. Sororkin couldn't kick down this team in Carolina that can't score all of a sudden the last year's president's trophy winning Florida Panthers could be, and I know those could swap, but let's I mean, say Florida does play Boston. It's like, I know that would be crazy for Florida to do it. Would you lose your mind? No, absolutely not. And yeah, that, that's the point. Like even the teams that have guys going in the first round, like Edmonton, Colorado, like they, they can, at Boston, they can certainly lose in the, in the first round. It's not even that. They could also lose in the second round. Like that's, you know, that's also oh, very yeah. important too. Like you're not making it, you know, you're making a little bit of money if you advance out of the first round, but like you're, you know, like you said, you're not making any money unless you make the cup final. And yeah, there's a very tough path for every team because there's literally, you know, like 12 teams that have a legitimate chance at the cup final in my estimation. Um, so 
Yeah, it's it's a very interesting contest. You know, uh, we talked about the stacking aspect of it. Um, any particular like hot takes that you have based on like, uh, you know, well, one, uh, what matchups do we know? What matchups are we sort of waiting on? Uh, because the, the way I set it up is I think you're best off stacking four teams in some combination yes. of fours and twos. Um, and the best is honestly probably trying to get them in each of the divisions so that like, you know, you're not canceling out any of your players if everything goes perfectly until you get to the conference finals. So uh, walk me through each division, uh, what the matchups look like and what they sort of could be based on Thursday's results here before we uh, sure, sure. talk about our hot takes. So, I mean, the, the Dallas start, we'll start there over in the West uh, Central, Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota, Minnesota, and then the wildcard team will be Seattle in that mix. I don't think, yeah, I think it's now a 0%, right? Yeah, Vegas clinched it, right? Vegas has oh. not clinched anything just yet. No, they clinched one, like no one can catch them. Like, but uh, the Vegas. second wild card will be in the Pacific. Uh, yeah, yeah. Colorado, yes. no, Colorado could still catch them. Really? They're four points back. So Vegas uh, gets one point. They have the yeah. They have fifty wins. Okay, actually, losses. yeah, you're right. No. Vegas or Edmonton will play. Will play Winnipeg. Yes. Okay. There we go. Perfect. I was. I think. I think I'm right here. Actually. Yeah. So in the West, at least we know the four and the four, which is why I wanted to start here because if you start a draft with Colorado, I'm not saying you have to, but I'm very likely xing out Dallas, Seattle, and Minnesota. I don't want to block myself in the second round, which I have to because. They're not going to reseed, so they will be playing in the second round, and they cannot face each other in the conference finals. Same to note with Vegas, which likely will play Winnipeg and then Edmonton, LA. So when you, a lot of times, what I'm finding myself in the situation of is Colorado and LA or Vegas, and I will now start to mix in a bit more Winnipeg now that they're confirmed. I already have some, uh, not a ton of exposure. That was one team I really hoped made it through because early on I was drafting them a bit. Um, and on the other side, same situation. If I take Edmonton, you know, I mean, Colorado does make sense, but that's incredibly difficult to do. I see people trying to force it, but if you force that in, if you forced the Oilers, um, you know, like let's say you take McDavid number one and you decide, all right, I guess I'll take Georgiev and Dertushkin. Well, now someone else that's a dry side is probably taking a lot of your Edmonton and you're just getting very bad stacks. I mean, you can try it here or there, but I think all of the teams that did this early on when Georgiev was basically free uh, and a lot of other players like Dreisaitl were much, much easier. McDavid at three, Dreisaitl. Like, I think you missed the boat on that already. So I don't know if you're going to get it now. But anything else with starting with Edmonton, you know, Dallas and Edmonton makes sense. Seattle, like I said, I, I still think is a pretty good team. And you don't have to go crazy on Seattle to get, you could get like two or three guys that they move on to the conference finals kind of know who those useful players are going to be. Um, anything to cover there? I didn't really even say Minnesota, but obviously Kaprizov should be back. He is back. So he's the guy there. And um, he is, you know, he was a guy that rose way up and slid back down because he wasn't playing. And now you can get him in the, you know, back in the fourth, fifth round. So Matt, any thoughts on the West? No, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty, 
pretty standard. Like if I'm taking Vegas, not taking Edmonton. Well, more like if I'm taking Edmonton, you know, I'm not likely to grab Vegas guys. Um, maybe if you like one off McDavid, just trying to get out of the first round, you could take like Vegas. Um, you know, just saying like, yeah, they, McDavid gets me out, but uh, Vegas carries me home. I could see something like that, but outside of like the first couple picks, I'm really trying not to cross, uh, you know, inch like intra division. I'd rather go inter division with my uh, selections. So uh, tell me about the East. Yeah. So a, a couple things still in the air and that's mainly the wild cards. As of right now, Boston is playing Florida. Florida will be playing um, Carolina, right? Yep. Yeah, so that then both teams kind of need to win, I guess, to move. But Florida, yes. a little bit, you know, Florida's in, they're playing Boston. But if they lose, or even if they force overtime, correct? Uh, yeah, maybe Islanders hold the tiebreaker over Florida if Florida ties them in points because it goes okay, regulation perfect. wins, they're tied, and then yes. it goes regulation overtime wins for the Islanders. have one more. Okay, so perfect. So basically, at the end of the day, the Islanders, unless if Florida does win, uh, will stay in the first wildcard spot. Let's just yep. stick with that for now. So Florida, Boston, which to me makes me think Boston or Florida is a bit of a it's a bit of leverage on Boston. I don't think you need to go crazy with that and say like, well, I missed Boston, so I have to take Florida. Absolutely, don't need to do that. Um, I will be mixing them in. I'm certainly not taking them with Boston, but it's not a easy trade off. But it's easy to see that. Boston failing in round one eliminates two, at least two, if not three teams from your bracket immediately. And Florida gets a big boost to move forward. And man, that team is good anyways and good at scoring. Um, We have known for a long time now. It feels like we've known since January, but Toronto will be playing Tampa. (laughs) Boy, that's known since November. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I mean, the only, you really can't say, I I guess Boston had a good enough start that maybe November, you're right. Okay. You're right. We've known since November. Um, it's going to be a great series. It's going to be a gauntlet. I, it's not too hard to get either. Um, Austin Matthews is kind of at the turn to a little bit, you know, mid second round. Um, same with uh, Kucherov. So if you want to go with those paths uh, and all of the rest of the guys are pretty easy to get, it's not going to, you're not going to be struggling for anything, but Vasilevsky where people will just take him. I swear if they have no Tampa, but they missed out on their goalie with Colorado or Boston, they'll just take Vasilevsky and say ah whatever who cares I got a goalie that scores points and it's like well you can't win but fair enough Um, those are teams that pay the rake but then again you could miss out on your stacking piece and you have to readjust and teams to readjust to may be on the other side if you already started with Kudrov or whatever just build that Easter Conference Finals team get the other goalie that would include teams like Carolina who could lock up the one with a win over Florida as I just mentioned the new uh yeah, New York Islanders who would likely play them. You don't have to go crazy with that stack either because they're very goalie dependent. I think if you're building, and I've only done one so far Islanders team because, man, until yesterday, I didn't think they were going to make it. I thought Pittsburgh would probably <laughs> beat probably yeah. beat the, the Blackhawks. I, I had one Sorokin draft where I took them with my last pick and no other Islanders, but, you know, Bo Horvat is pretty good. They could be getting Barzell back. I kind of expect it. Noah Dobson really don't have to go too crazy. Now, two of those guys are centers, which does suck, but maybe you build a wing-heavy stack. Not too many of those that really exist, but there's a couple. Um, alas, the Islanders are going to be incredibly low-owned in general in this entire field, where we're about 30% full right now, so maybe a bit more. 
picks up steam as this fills faster, but man, still they're pretty far behind with no one drafting them and they're not going to show up in the ADP. So people just still won't take them. So taking the Islanders feel like leverage overall. And I will be just taking a bit of them as I close up my last 40 drafts. And finally the devils who could jump the hurricane still. So keep that in mind. They play the um, Washington capitals and with a win and a Carolina loss, they would take them over. Um, they are one point back, and I believe do they hold the tiebreaker. They do. Yep. They do. So if they won in regulation and Carolina lost in overtime, they take them. Okay. If they get one more point than Carolina does on yeah. Thursday, they another they way pass of putting Carolina. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, Keep that in mind. And then the Rangers, of course, the last day, they will yeah. stick the third and play whoever. But again, I don't think it matters that much because. You know, if you're taking the Islanders, I, I guess it's just a wild card. Yeah, I will. I will say if the uh, the Islanders aren't that interesting to me, even if they play Carolina, just because Carolina is such a suffocating defensive team. Obviously, any team playing Boston is not that appealing. Um, but if Florida plays Carolina or New Jersey, I really like Florida. Um, like, I mean, one you can get every player super late, even Matt Kachuk, who is probably a top five top 10 player in the league um for underdog scoring especially um and like you know you can get a goalie uh, that you're very confident will start the majority of the playoff games um you know you have high-end defensemen you have centers to choose from like it's just very attractive i think um and the thing that i like about this the way they did the, the contest this year is that they're counting two flexes instead of two wings and one flex like the best puck was where you really had to focus on wings um, like in the regular season contest that we talked about versus now, like you're saying, or like I said earlier, if you're doing a four man stack from the West where you're just saying, okay, I got McDavid, I'll grab, you know, Zach Hyman, Evan Bouchard and Stu Skinner. There's my four uh, Edmonton's going to make the cup. It really doesn't matter if you have a wing for, you know, say Florida or whoever makes the cup final, you can have two centers stack because they will score you know, because you're you're basing your team around this team is going to make the cup final anyway. So it doesn't really matter what positions you're filling after that. You just need to have the flexes to sort of like keep accruing points. And so like double center stacks, like they're very live in this format versus I think in the regular season, they really weren't. So I want to make that very clear because I'm even taking double defenseman stacks, you know, like Vegas, Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Like, you know, I think it's really just like, uh, pick whoever you want at some point once you have your sort of like you know these are the teams you know one or two teams and i'm saying they these are my conditions like i have a chance to win the contest if this team makes the cup final um so with all that said uh you know any thoughts on like who you are looking to target uh, any specific players or matchups that you're really trying to get over on uh, before the field sort of catches up adp wise or just like strategy wise yeah, I'm actually. I'm gonna ask you a couple. A couple. I, I, before we get to that, I want to. I want to go team. I want to ask you about, about maybe four four teams, and I want you to tell me the goalie situation. Okay. Oh, I, I like okay. this game because I, I think goalies. there's. Yeah, no, I, it's not even. Yeah, I, I just feel like you're. You know, whatever. Okay, I know we hate goalies, but I think there's been a lot more. Nope. Uh, nope. 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 You're wrong. You're wrong. I love goalies in uh season long okay. fantasy. I, I don't like goalies in daily fantasy because you cannot predict who is going to stop the puck. But you can predict who is going to play goalie. I like doing that. So, uh, so, so yeah, uh, t- talk to me. 
All right, so one that I think is obvious, but doesn't seem to be as obvious as you may think. I'm going to ask who, who you think starts and you and if you have any interest in drafting them more than maybe a couple flyers, and that's Seattle. Um, I, I, I would be shocked if it was not Philip Grubauer. Um, if, am I interested in drafting them? That's interesting. Um, I, I guess so. You know, um, I, of course, I worry a, couple, a little I bit. I have a couple Grubauers. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And, you know, I do worry a little bit about Colorado seeming to have hit their final form. Um, like, I mean, they've just been supernova for the last little bit. And that's a huge concern, given we know Seattle pretty much has to go through them unless uh, Colorado really uh, messes up these final couple games here. Um, but yeah, I mean, sure. I It's not really my favorite team to stack just because I'm not super convinced Jared McCann can do stuff in the playoffs. Like he's picked a lot on the, uh, the bad teams in the league this season, you know, still love the guy, but just not sure his production's up the par on like a best on best situation when you cut through his statistics. Um, but you know, uh, you were certainly in play. I would feel very confident that he's their number one throughout the playoffs, regardless of, you know, two losses to start or something. Any, anything on Minnesota, do you think it's just flurry with a short leash move on? That's super interesting. Honestly, I think it's going to be yeah. Gustafson. Okay. I, he starts game one. I, I honestly do. Um, I, I could see them going back and forth as a plan. Like I could see them literally having a plan though, to go every other game, um, which of course is a huge concern in this format. But yeah, if I, have, I, were to... I have nine and one flurry right now. And I, I just haven't been drafting the goalie there just because it feels like they just might not get there. And it's, it's very hard for me to see. It's just so hard for me to see them looking at Gustafson's performances. I mean, all season long and saying, yeah, this is not our guy. Uh, game one. Only so let's see. I have, I have 24 teams drafted, it looks like, if this is updated. And I have four Gustafsons and I have no Marc Andre Fleury's. So, whoa. Vegas. Vegas is probably the biggest question mark on the entire board. Yeah, so we just got some uh, Vegas news on Logan Thompson. Uh, Logan Thompson had a, uh, a setback in his recovery. He like was practicing, is no longer practicing. That leaves Aiden Hill as their only like quote unquote start of the year goalie that is supposedly on the mend and could return. However. Uh, Brassois has been nothing short of awesome uh, in his time with Vegas. He's played nine games. He has no regulation losses and a 923 save percentage. Um, I think this is his net. I honestly do. Yeah. So I feel pretty confident drafting Lauren Brassois. Uh, yeah, that's, that's obviously I, now, but I don't anything have much quick, with him. But anything on quick at all? There is absolutely just, not. bad. No, I, I don't yeah. think I took uh, turned to quick at all. I took a few quicks. Um, just kind of thought that they traded like he started playing games that looked good and then Brassois took it took the net so I'm going to him now uh is there any anything Florida I mean what we think of Florida anything you want to mention there or just don't overthink it uh 100% Bobrovsky yeah okay I just wanted to say it because I've seen some lion drafts and I, it's like at first I'm like ha 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 and now I'm like man are they gonna do this to us like is like, I don't know yeah I, be, right let's that's you know, I've, I've not taken mine. I've only taken Bobrovsky, but it does just, it's just feeling of like, I, I, I feel like this happened once. And I remember being like, 
holy crap, they're really going to run with this guy. I'm, I can't remember what I'm thinking of now, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm fairly confident Paul Maurice is a gutless coward because, of course, you know, any team should be considering not playing Bobrovsky in important games because he's just not that good. Um, but, you know, I just I think Bobrovsky's their guy in net. I, I don't think Lyon uh, wins the net by any stretch. So um, I'm not think... drafting. I'm really not drafting goalies in Florida. They're more of the team that I'm trying to get two players from to sort of be like, yeah, you know, uh, help them help me get out of the first round, maybe sort of become a cup final matchup against the team that I'm conditional on. But as of right now, I have no full on Florida stacks that might change if they play Carolina in the first round, just given Carolina's yeah. relative weakness. Nine, nine Bobrovskis of my 110. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's it's worth spreading a little bit in mixing and matching. I don't think there's yep. any other team that there's any question on. So with all of that, let's just get to a couple last things. Uh, let's move on. I mean, what do you think about LA? I mean, I'm going Corpus Allo. I'm not okay. that worried. I, and I know we've had some bad games here or there, but. Yeah, that's where my lean is too. But yeah, Copley and Corpus Allo is really the only other one I can think of that's like a remote question. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I think Corpus Allo has, has done enough to warrant taking the net. There's been a couple bad games. And they, I feel like all the bad games have come against like the Edmontons and stuff. But so it is a bit concerning that it feels like, feels like when they outclass a team, they absolutely pummel them and their goaltender can basically just do whatever they want. Um, I just think he's the better goalie. And I think you ride him. You went out and traded for him. Um, Copley's been bad too. I, I just think that that ran, that ran out. Uh, yeah. A couple, yeah, a couple last things. Let's just get to the, the, the final uh, notes, some some strategy and stuff. Uh, number one, and I'm wondering how much you agree or disagree with this, I'm almost only drafting two goalies. I have some, especially early on, one goalie teams when I felt like you could really get some very unique, fun combinations, and I was willing to maybe sacrifice that if I did end up missing on that late-round goalie that I kind of needed at that point because goalies have gone flying up the boards. Like, we're early on. Georgia, like I was saying, you could maybe get him in, like, the second to last third last round, maybe even last round, um, you know, and early on, I mean, Mike Smith was no joke going first for Edmonton as goalie. Like people that didn't know were taking Mike Smith. This guy is retired. Um, you could risk it. I think now you can't, <laughs> um, two goalies versus one goalie. Any thoughts? Yeah, I just I just did the math and I have 24 teams. Again, this is updated, and I have exactly 48 goalies drafted. So I've been drafting ah. two goalies per team. Um, yeah, yeah. Typically, those are in two sort of stacks of you know the one 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 that I mentioned, um, and I'm just making sure that I have you know two teams that could meet in the finals, and then I build around that with little two man stacks, and that's the 12 no, teams. I'm gonna, you know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna say it though. I'm gonna say it. Last year's winner. It was Vasilevsky and Igor that, what you know, that was on the winning team. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals. They bring the goalie mm-hmm. into the finals. They win the whole thing. I, I don't think you inherently have to have two goalies as only one of them could legitimately score. So yeah. I think, it, you know, especially teams like Colorado and, and Edmonton, if you miss, you're not dead. And, and I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't abandon ship. I wouldn't, you know, I... toss it in the garbage. Um, just know that. If Edmonton sweeps in the Eastern Conference Finals, for example, you miss Stuart Skinner and you have, I don't know, example, Igor and Olmark. I don't know. Olmark would be tough to get in that scenario, but let's move forward. You could be fine. 
Uh, yeah, well, I guess what argument are you making? Are you saying my, my, like, yeah. two goalies is better than one? Or are you saying you could get away with one goalie? No, I, I think it's, I would still think two goalies is better than one. Uh, okay. And, and my, my reason for two goalies being better than one beyond what I just said, which I guess, again, you could make the argument against it based on what I said, is that advancing through round one, two, and three with only one goalie feels very unlikely because of just how serious work. They're not all created equal. A team could win in four games, five games, six games, or seven games. That means goalies will see a lot more run. And then since you get points for saves, that could really add up. So if you take Olmark and they sweep the Islanders or the Panthers in the first round, they're not going to get you a ton of points. And you're really going to be praying that you advance on other things. Um, so, yeah, I think that that would help then to draft a second goalie and make sure that you give yourself a good chance because later in the later in the draft, you can get still many of the goalies that have not been selected yet of the 16. You take that other goalie and they can propel that lineup that has an Olmark, that has a um, uh, Georgiev through that first round into the second and, and propel you to potentially winning the whole thing with one of those chalkier, uh, you know, four yeah. early attacks. Especially because you can get guys like, uh, I'm honestly thinking of the entire Metro division. Like you can get yeah. Freddie Anderson, Vanacek, Igor. Uh, you can get them in the mid rounds. Unnecess- it just seems unnecessary to have, you know, just one goalie. Um, just because, especially if the your opportunity team loses. Costs. Like if your team loses in the second round and you don't have a goalie, you're just so screwed because that's the one position where you get guaranteed points just for like literally showing up. Um, yeah, I mean, like, so like, I think honestly the perfect example is Colorado where it's like I could take a Terry Leckanen right here or Evan, even later, I think Evan Rodriguez here for my third center when I already have McKinnon or I could take Ilya Sorokin. Like what if they beat Carolina in the first yeah. round? It's going to be all him. That propels that team forward and Georgia yeah, the, moves forward as well. Like that's kind of the, the, the main theory there. The uh, insane the insane approach that I might take as we get closer to uh to, to you know to, to playoff time uh is the Winnipeg and Islanders. If I stack those teams, maybe I just go one goalie because I'm saying, yeah, look, my success is dependent on these teams making a run anyway. And if they do, of course, those goalies are gonna see a ton of shots because the teams are bad defensively. Um so that yeah. I think is yeah. the one way I would see myself getting into one goalie squads and just trying to build out, you know, like the, the, you know, just get an extra Jack Hughes type player in there rather than a goalie and just say yeah. like, look, I know I'm trading some equity of getting, you know, a Winnipeg to the finals, but maybe I can get a better sort of like first round advance rate by getting an extra stud. But um, I think that's a very specific circumstance. Yeah. And I mean, there's not many teams that fit this bill. I think, Really, the Islanders, maybe you could almost argue now the Hurricanes, which is ironically could be a first round matchup. But I, I'm not opposed to if I'm building an Eastern, like a, you know, like you said, the 14 kind of quadrant. If you just took Sorokin and you have, you know, Toronto, Tampa, Boston, or like right now, Florida, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Like, I don't think that's wrong. If it's like if the Islanders make the conference finals, which we've seen this song and dance before, riding the back of, I would argue the best goalie in the world, or if, if not the best top three, um, you don't need all those other Islanders to get there. And if they don't make the cup final, Sorokin propels you all the way. If you have Olmark, Sorokin, and that's the conference final and the Bruins beat them, well, Sorokin did a big, big duty for you to get that team there. And now 
what happened, like I said, with Kemper was he missed a, you know, missed a series, which definitely hurt. But what if Colorado does go on a God run? What if they sweep Minnesota in the first round and then they sweep Seattle in the second round, just making this up, but just, it kind of sounds like it could happen. Right. Well, no one is going to have George Yav, but what if you have Sorokin? Like, I think that that's why is because that helps you keep that uniqueness where last year Kemper made one final roster. That team, unfortunately, as I posted in my article, kind of was dead based on what they had, but alas, a lot of talk on goalie, but I do think it's really important in this structure because we're seeing people that, like I said, are just taking random goalies that are going to score them points, which might get you through round one, but it's not going to win you the 20K. And like, what are we doing? If if you're drafting 100 teams to win, you know, uh, 20 bucks on 10 and 50% of your, yeah, you might make it a dollar, but it's actually 15 bucks on 10 in uh, this contest oh, if you advance out of round one. Yeah. So, gonna need a lot of other work. Yeah. And I, I, I yeah. just, again, I think the last point, and I made I, in my article, I did the strategy, but just the last thing I want to say is, you know, first round, only Boston, Colorado, and Edmonton players show up as. ADP in the first round and almost entirely now the second round, other than Matthews and Kucherov right on the tail end. Don't be afraid to get a bit unique as time goes on. I'm not saying to go crazy. Like today I had a Matt the Chuck in the first round guy. Like that's just unnecessary. You can get him easily in the fourth and fifth without any struggle at all. So don't completely burn that opportunity cost for no reason. Um, but I do think it's, it's worth getting unique as we continue onward. Um, and it's just not that difficult. So uh, any last things, any flag plants? Mm, I think Alex Petrangelo is shaping up to be one of the best picks on the board. Um, mm. He's like in the same range as Evan Bouchard. Don't get me wrong. I love Evan Bouchard, um, but Bouchard's ADP is climbing. Um, Vegas, I think, has maybe the best path, assuming they clinched this one seed. Um you know, obviously having to play LA in the first round would be difficult for either them or Edmonton. Um, but getting Winnipeg, I think is pretty soft. You're getting a ton of uh, shots in my estimation from Petrangelo specifically. Um, he's just been so good down the stretch for this team. Like, yeah, Shea Theodore will return, but I think Petrangelo has earned himself the, the power play one job and, you know, he's always been the minutes eater anyway. Um, so I don't think Shea Theodore does much besides reinforce the team and sort of make them more likely to advance to, you know, second, third, fourth round where they become even more valuable, of course, when you take Petrangelo. So that's a guy that I'm trying to be like actually my number one exposed player. Um, it'll take a while for me to get there, though, because, you know, I started from zero because when I was drafting at the very beginning, I think Theodore was still around um, and Petrangelo had not gone on this run yet. Um but otherwise, really nothing like super dramatic that I have at this point. But of course, I only have 24 teams. So uh, if people want more from you, DJ, uh, you mentioned a few things, but just summarize what you have out, what you have coming up and you know what, what we can do to sort of uh, get the best information for the Zamboni. Yeah, so I posted uh, today on Puck Luck, and it's free. The keys to the Zamboni goes over the contest, which I already did for you. Uh, scoring the sort of some, a little bit of like overarching strategy on like how random the playoffs are. And then going over last year's winner and a, another finals team, the one that had Kemper, just kind of talking about the uniqueness of these rosters and how they kind of made it through, et cetera. 
Um, and then finally, kind of the three strategies, like beginning with Boston and, and Colorado, which is incredibly popular and what most teams are doing. And like it's, they are going to be 100% in every single draft. Uh, the fight for Edmonton is the other one because it's the only other team which you're concerned about. And then avoiding those, the big three, the team war. So kind of going over those strategies in a short bit of uh, talk. And then tomorrow, I'll be, uh, not tomorrow, oh, tomorrow when you're listening, Friday, if you will, the 14th, I'll be on Pete's stream at 10 a.m. doing a best puck breakfast, which I'm very excited for. He, could t- you know, I think he knows a little bit about hockey, but he's, I think he's telling me like he knows nothing and, and we'll see how it goes. But I don't think, and, and I, I, really, if you send this and Eric, like, if you know someone that drafts best ball and they don't do hockey, I'm telling you with any amount of knowledge or strategy, you're going to be much, much better than the field. Um, lastly, the only other note I was going to say, uh, as far as my general strategy at this point is the East Coast bias has really started to kick in in these lobbies. And most of the teams on the, I mean, there's what? Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers, which are all being stacked. While on the other hand, Seattle, Minnesota, Winnipeg, and LA are basically going unowned or can be going unowned entirely. Uh, I, I am very much willing to take a stab on LA if I miss out on Edmonton, Vegas, and Winnipeg. Uh, Minnesota as well. Like, don't be afraid to take stabs on these teams and you don't have to go overboard because you're just going to be very unique on the field in general. Um, and I may have a little bit about just how unique you may be. I'm still kind of working on that right now with someone else. Um, so I'll get back to you on that, but Monday the playoff starts. So let's get going. Is it Monday or Tuesday? Monday. Oh, okay. Oh, it was Monday. Yeah, my big flight plan, I guess, is Miko Rantanen and Kaprizov. Those are Ender Tushkin. Those are three of my far and away highest known players. Starting to catch Kaprizov with Miko and Tushkin. I just keep getting them. Like people, it's because now I'm, I'm going to go too deep in the weeds, but the one through four right now, the last thing I guess is McDavid, Pasternak, McKinnon, and now Olmark has jumped over Rantanen. And I'm just barely ever doing that because if I, you take Olmark four, I, I don't like it. I'm going to be under on Olmark, unfortunately. I feel like it's not going to be that much either. I do have him in like 9% to 10 of my teams. It's not terrible, I guess, but it's going to definitely going to be low. Just hard to see the um, path. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, we have a couple. I just, I guess I'll say one more thing before we move on to the Thursday slate. There's a few injury spots that we're watching for like the playoffs. Uh, Mark Stone. Gabe Landeskog, um, mm. any others you can think of? Uh, I mean, that are like, I guess Shea Theodore. Um, yeah, so Theodore and Theodore's traveling though yep. tomorrow, and it sounds like if he's not going to play, he'll be very close to ready and probably in for the playoffs. Stone seems like more of a question mark than I thought, but on the same token, it, I'm pretty confident he'll be back during round one. Landeskog, it seemed like that was happening. That was a 100. percent now, all of a sudden, out of left field, it feels like he has just a question mark. And I I don't know. I I just don't know. They provided no updates on Wednesday. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm staying away from Landeskog. I'm pretty worried about him. Uh, I don't think he plays personally, but yeah. uh, we'll yeah. see. You know, if he burns me, he burns Bennett. me. But I think the Chushkin sort of took him over anyway. Uh, let's see, Sam Bennett. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, point. but I mean, it's it's just hard to think because you could get Reinhardt and Verhage for free, 
really honestly you can almost get bark off for free too yeah yeah exactly. still yep. it's like what, what you're gonna take another all centers like it's hard to see where yeah. he even fits um good point I mean, o- o'reilly i i can i can argue for i think almost um he's back so don't worry about him at all yeah. uh off obviously done for the year don't have to worry about Svechnikov is done Barz- joel erickson yeah. x gone for Barzell. Barz- yeah i don't yeah okay yeah. so you know there's there's a few guys obviously but i just wanted to at least say those names because we haven't heard from them in a while and if you're drafting and you you know oh what about this guy just maybe you can reference this in your in your the back of your mind so let's uh quickly go over the thursday slate of games um i'll yeah the, the, my run through is going to be beyond quick <laughs> yeah um, sure so i'm just going to go through the game and instead of saying if I'm betting them or not, I'm going to say if there's legitimately any relevance, because if there isn't any relevance for the game, I just can't give you knowledgeable advice about any. I, we just don't know what these teams are going to do. Uh, so the first team is Toronto and the Rangers. There's zero, just nothing there. Um, Detroit, Tampa, nothing there. Um, New Jersey and Washington, there is. So if you want to throw New Jersey in for fun, they're minus 175. I don't think that's that bad. Um, Boston and Montreal, I mean, yeah, I almost want to say bet Montreal because it's actually I just can't, there's nothing left for Boston. Like they, they can't keep getting away with this, but uh, alas, they will. Uh, Carolina and Florida. I already mentioned yes, there is something here for both teams. They both really want to win if possible um, to secure better spots. But I think Carolina a bit more than Florida. Eh, uh, <laughs> the incentive for Florida to not play Boston is pretty yeah, heavy, in my opinion. That, that actually, yeah, okay. Um, Pittsburgh, Columbus, boy, Pittsburgh, yucks. How this game doesn't matter is just preposterous. Um, Ottawa and Buffalo, absolutely nothing other than maybe Craig Anderson's last NHL game. Winnipeg oh, and Colorado. Point. Yeah. Uh, wait, do they? Wait, sorry, they. Oh, they play in Ottawa on Friday, though, right? Or who does no, this? No, they play Columbus. Sorry. So yeah, Columbus. that could be. That could. That I should think, be Anderson's yeah. final game. Good, good point. Um, Winnipeg is at Colorado. Winnipeg is all set where they are. They're in Colorado, as we mentioned, could move up. Um, or yeah, if, if they win this game, they'll give themselves a chance to move up on Friday. Well, or if Dallas could lose as well, which they played St. Louis Blues, so that matters. Um, Minnesota, Nashville, both teams all set. Minnesota's right where they're going to be, and Nashville is eliminated. I mean, wow, what a run by Saros. I know he's not going to win the Vesna, but boy, that boy. Um, game of the night, Flyers, Chicago matters immensely for Connor Bedard. San Jose at Edmonton. Um, Edmonton, I think we mentioned, could jump if everything went absolutely perfectly. So yep. I guess you could you could argue. Uh, L.A. and Anaheim, that's all set in stone. L.A. can't move, right? Seattle can't jump in now, right? That, that was official. Correct. They won. Correct. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to look. Anaheim, you know. Um, Vancouver, Arizona, don't think I have to say it. Bedard, sweepstakes. And finally, Vegas and Seattle. Seattle can't catch L.A. anymore. But Vegas, Oh, actually, wait. Can they catch them? Seattle can. How the hell did that happen? I thought they couldn't because L.A. won. I looked, I mean, I'm seeing LA at 102 and Seattle at 100 with Seattle having more regulation wins. So technically, yes. Damn. Wow. I guess. Okay. So I guess if LA loses to Anaheim, 
doesn't get a single point to Anaheim. Okay. <laughs> okay. Come on. While right. Seattle Just beats Jesus Christ. Seattle beats Vegas. Dude, that um, will oh my god, I will be so sad. I will be the saddest possible boy <laughs> if if Vegas loses to Seattle here. Oh my god. And then wins. And I get my and I get my one shining moment. One oh of us is god. right. Honestly, I can't be mad because one of us will be right no matter what. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. 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 Let's let's move let's move on. So I, more, I, this, but I seriously thought Seattle had nothing to play for here. I thought so too. So oh I mean okay, but they've been acting like they have nothing to play for. Yeah, they're not trying, guys. So yeah, whatever. no, they're they're done. They're okay, not we're back. It. They know it. We're back. They, they looked, they were like, wait, do we have a chance? They looked at the schedule, they saw Anaheim and Nathan by. Um, okay, so let's do the slate, which I again we're going position by position because going game by game is just it's just useless. Like we don't know yet. So yeah. Um center, Matt. I'll I'll pass to you. I just talked for a long time. Yeah, center. Um both McDavid. And McKinnon have something to play for here uh, against teams, you know, San Jose on a back-to-back, nothing, nothing doing there for them. Uh, would imagine they play everyone, you know, not like they would bench like hurdle or whatever for, for the night, but uh, still uh, McKinnon, obviously uh, in a good spot. I kind of lean toward McKinnon personally, uh, mostly because I like Rantanen more than I like Dreisaitl or Hyman or, you know, any other Florida or uh, just Edmonton idiot. Um, so slightly lean toward McKinnon here. Uh, keep an eye out for Matthews. I would expect him to play here, but maybe he gets two games off heading into the playoffs. You know, even if he does play, it's probably going to be a Boston situation where you play 16 minutes. So I think you can pretty much just avoid Toronto altogether. Um, but otherwise at the top, you know, this Jack Hughes, Patterson, Crosby, Stutzla, anybody here stand out to you? This feels a little gross, but, um, you know, figure it out, would raise it. No. Not really. Good. I Good. I don't. I don't. I, I. I think if I am, first off, I just probably end up going over to underdog and trying to get a bigger edge when people are still drafted players that like aren't going to play. Um, and I know it for a fact. Uh, but yeah, this is. I, I can see a scenario where I play like Jack Hughes because on top of the fact that they need to win, he's three points away from a hundred, and they seem to like want him to get there considering they were like putting him out there late against Buffalo to get that last goal. Um, I, uh, I, guess... I thought that was because he was inexplicably 35% owned on DraftKings, but maybe it was because of that. Cause I think it was yeah. just to get the field there bail out. Um, personally, Actually, that, that is my not... take. I, I, I would, I think if, if I jump over to DraftKings, which honestly, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm just going to end up doing it. I, I think I'm just going to play Jack Hughes and avoid everything else. Like I get, that we mentioned that the top three guys above him, I'm not including Matthews. I don't think he's going to play. Dreisaitl, uh, McKinnon, and McDavid. Yeah, they're all playing with something, but I think they all get up, especially yeah. that Edmonton um, over San Jose, and it, it just, they're not going to be optimal. And for two grand cheaper on McDavid and McKinnon, I'm just going to take Jack Hughes and move forward with this yeah. whole range. 
Pedersen's a little interesting because last game they played him with JT Miller and Phil DiGiuseppe. We, we talk about this DiGiuseppe uh, a lot these past few weeks, but he's actually been a revelation for them. He's been performing very well. He's turned his way onto the top power play. And, oh, guess what? Uh, they are power play one, line one against Arizona. So uh, that's like one reason you can yeah, play Pedersen. And they're trying. Otherwise. And they're trying. Yeah, yeah no, they, they really just butchered their uh, – their lottery odds for yet another season, but Hey, maybe next year, next year's the year guys. Uh, you got this. Um, hey, oh, wait, uh, before we move past this range too far, do you see Jack Eichel today said he was going to score a hat trick? I, I did see that. Yeah. That's uh, okay. I, I really, I, I hope he does because that would make me a happy boy. Um, Vegas probably but, wins. Yeah. At his price. I don't think that's a, a great play. Um, yeah. You know, Seattle will just be handy in the hat trick if they can. But <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm betting a shot on goal prop up to seven. I'm going to find the highest I can find possibly bet and have fun. All right. With uh, with everyone on the slate between six and 7,000, any of them stand out to you here? Uh, Mitch Marner listed at center. Very funny. Um, what? But, yeah, you're very yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, how about the Evgeny Malkin, like, fuck this hat trick night? At 6,400. Yeah, honestly, I don't think it's that stupid to stack Pittsburgh and just say that they completely blow the doors off Columbus. Yeah, Columbus is shutting down Boone Jenner. Like, (laughs) they're done. Yeah, you know, they're they're packing it in. They do not want to blow it like uh, Chicago did. They they want to bat down the hatches and, uh, And, you know, make sure. to say blow it like Chicago did is so uh, disingenuous because they tried so hard. Dude, Chicago's been like actively good for the last few weeks, and like you know, but like it, it's not, obviously like it's, it's an accident. Like they're not trying to do. Yeah, um, right. It's like management's not trying to make them, but like they're actually slightly above break even and expected goals. Um, it, it, yeah, this like, team is fighting for nothing, and and like it's my favorite. I mean, you just got to give it to Buddy Robinson, goal and assist, first star <laughs> tonight, blocking Jesus shots, hitting, taking bodies, just um, what. If you would have told me Buddy ends the Pittsburgh season, I'd have been like, who's Buddy? Like, yeah, okay. Um, Anyways, though, yeah, this range is, is a dumpster fire. I will not be taking anyone yeah, other than maybe I, Pittsburgh, like you said. I think I like taking guys on, like, okay teams that are against teams that have something to play for. So that would mean, uh, like, the Washington against New Jersey was something to play for. I'm looking at San Jose, like, with Edmonton has something to play for. Like these games at least should have some element of um I don't want to say like chaos, but like the frenetic energy that you get uh in some games for like, you know, oh, they're peppering shots and whatnot. Like obviously San Jose is a bit expensive versus Washington, but that seems to me like an okay spot to to just load up on Couture Hurdle. Um, because they're wing center playing together at five on five with Eric Carlson. Like that just seems pretty easy to do. I like that a little bit. Um, and yeah, Dylan Strome's been really good. So maybe Strome, but I'm mostly thinking of Craig Smith at wing. So all right, anyone cheap at center that you think uh, like you could see yourself clicking in on this type of a slate, you know, if you're playing McKinnon, maybe you need a punt to go somewhere. Are we, are we just, considering Anthony Seeu against the Flyers, or I, we missed it? You probably should. I mean, he's still yeah. 3,900. Like, 
what about Middlestad? I mean, the, the volume has been enough and, and he has been really good and he, you know, talking Skinner, I mean, yeah, the talking Skinner prices, I wish were slightly lower. Um, but I just don't think know, you need to worry about cap this late too. Like, I don't yeah. think you're going to be finding yourself absolutely scrambling. I mean, you know, again, I would really like to play McKinnon Ranton in. So like, <laughs> it's it's kind of tough to 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 yeah, make that you, work. You, you um, and it's and yeah. it hard to see him getting there without the. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean those. Their names, those are guys. I don't know if there's anyone that's much or any cheaper at all, really, that I'm fawning over. I mean, there might be a punt I'm just not thinking of right now, or a guy that pops in that we don't know. I mean, where's Maddie Nyes? Is he a winger, center? I don't even know, honestly. Uh, left wing. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Not even that he's that useful, but he, he only got 12 minutes, a lot less than I was expecting. Just there's guys like that. Like, is there someone that's going to end up being like, oh, this is a line one player getting their chance? Um, probably, <laughs> probably, uh, will we be able to find him on right now? Probably not. Or, I don't see any names. If they even can be that. listed on the slate. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, wait, who took over for Columbus line one? Uh, great question. They have Corrali listed. I, I have to. Oh, that's, that I right. did. I did see that. I did see. Yep. Corrali, Gidro, Marchenko. You got to be um, joking. All right. Well, shut the season down, but we're done. <laughs> Sean, they really aren't trying. They're like, what anchor could we possibly tie to this? And they're like, got one. Oh my God. All right. Columbus uh, ain't winning. But I, I, I honestly think there's going to be boring. Whatever. Yeah. Let's, Columbus, Columbus is not it for me. Like I'm not taking teams that are out of it against teams that are also out of it. Like I just, that that's not yeah. the level of crazy that I'm looking to get to. No. Um, so I don't know. Like, yeah, that just, just yeah. play Athens here if you really want to do that. Otherwise you're, I think you're good at center. Um, all right. Over at the wing position, we have David Pasternak 10 K. Um, sounds like Boston sending all their dudes to Montreal. I, don't know why like they have the record <laughs> um they have it's kind of strange they want more yeah exactly like you know Krejci won't play but it sounds like they might play the full team other than that um we don't know about Ovechkin's status uh for their finale obviously a big bummer to to not have him you know uh trying to score goals in uh in the last week of the season but uh, anyone at wing here ex- expensive stand out to you? I know I've said Ranton it a hundred times, yeah. but anyone else? No, I mean, Ranton does. I, I don't hate the idea of Matt Pachuk. I think he's not, I get it's Carolina, but I think he's going to be a bit suppressed in ownership because of it. And he's just an ultra good player, but tough to stack. Ranton, uh, I think it's a clear top guy above 8K. Um, we could probably move on other than that though. Who would you stack Kachuk with, if anything? Is it just Brandon Brown uh, season? They had new lines today, actually. Did they? I I retweeted them and I don't think it mattered that much, but let me find them because this is a professional podcast. The lines were Verhage, Barkov, Reinhardt, Loose Terrain, and Lindell Hornquist. Oh, he didn't practice. Okay, Hornquist so. filled in for him. Reinhardt so, on the yeah. top line though was new. That was new. That was the thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, so yeah, Duke, Duke so, yeah. Claire gets dumped. Okay, makes sense. 
and Hornquist is like, was, I thought it was hurt. Uh, whatever. Well, I mean, really I think matter. he is. I think that's why he's filling in and not playing. But yeah, um, well, AK, right, we said the guy. We we, we talked about him. Okay. Seven um, K range. Uh let's see here. Kucherov, Timo, Konechny, Gensel. I'm not going to read them all. It's pretty bad. Yeah. No, I I don't think I would go to anything here. I think it's get up to uh, Kachuk, Rantanen or go down further. So uh, if we keep going down, I mentioned JT Miller. We talked he's about pretty, Vancouver. Yep. Yeah, he's he's pretty expensive, but like, again, you can use the Phil DiGiuseppe and it seems like he's actively a good play. Yeah. You stack the whole, you, you're all the way or you're out. I, I don't yeah. think you're just taking the, the one Miller. You're taking Patterson, yep. you're taking the whole thing. They absolutely blow the doors off Arizona. Or, yeah, yeah, it's 100% or none. So we are expecting that, uh, you know, LA has something to play for that we just discovered. Uh, we, we would guess <gasps> that Adrian, or uh, we would guess Kevin Fiala doesn't play. Are you going back to your boy, Victor Arvidsson, maybe alongside uh, Kempe or some sort of power play stack? Yeah, I, I think Santa that's fine. Yeah, that, okay. seems, that seems pretty justified. I, okay. It's there not bad. I mean, they're, they're not too expensive. I, I can actually see it now. Um, but I just want to see it tomorrow before I confirm anything. I mean, yep. and, and if they get up, are they, you know, are they really just going to, like, I'm more concerned that they're going to press like one or two guys and just say, all right, once the game's in hand, let's let, yeah, I don't even know whoever the, the young guy is, Villard. Uh, is Villardi back? I don't think so. I don't think Villardi will He's play not even until in, game one. Nah, he won't play. Kind of forgot about him for best ball drafting. I don't know. I just think like a lot of the guys could end up sitting and we just see like Carl Gunderstrom to have like. Yeah, there's there's just enough uncertainty with uh, Velarde that I just don't think it's necessary to pick him. No. He's no, I not just... been very good lately anyway. So, yeah, um, I'm just thinking about that um, for some reason. But yeah, it doesn't really 60... matter. I, I just find a way. Okay, 6,400 Kyle Connor. You know, it, Winnipeg doesn't have anything to play for, but. 6,400 Kyle Connor seems okay. Like, um, wait, why? I don't know. I don't know. So, hey, uh, hey, we found a good play, guys. Everyone gather around. We found a good play. Um, Owen Pippen, 6,100. Barabee's up to 41, so we're not likely to see a ton of ownership congregate. Um, yeah, I could be wrong. Maybe maybe they just continue to project Farabee like it's... Uh, did I say this in Discord or on the last pod? I don't know. I thought it was clever. They're projecting Joel Farabee like it's uh, 2019 and he's shooting 35% alongside Sean Couturier. Um, so, you know, he's just absurdly uh, owned for his, like, actual DFS profile, uh, Farabee is. But that rose, like, the Tippett uh, price is, or ownership as well. But Far- Tippett's been awesome at 6,100 shooting a ton like he's kind of a one-off eligible player because he's playing alongside Noah Cates who is allergic to fantasy points um and obviously Torts just loves to fuck around with his defensemen so like Tippett's a good play uh anyone cheap 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 were you gonna say something almost but I then I kind of just taught myself um good great uh cheap like below 5k cheap or like below 4k cheap where are we where are we at if you see a name, spit it out. Uh, Tomas Hurdle, mm. 4,900 seems good. He is good. He is cheap. Dylan Sprong. Yeah. He's actually getting like a tell couple me, more minutes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not t- going to play him. T- tell me tell me you did that intentionally. 
I really just wanted to piss you off and make you think I was going to thank you take a Seattle sack against Vegas. That was oh no no uh, you, there. You, you said you said Dylan. Oh my God! No, I messed up. <laughs> okay okay oh no, no um, my brain my brain will never fix, adjust this i don't okay. know why um, yeah um strong was actually dirt. up alongside wenberg last game so he's like actively an okay play um yeah no that's what i meant like they they moved him up and yeah i no, i'm not saying he's yeah, yeah I, I i just 15 minutes a little bit more he's actually good yeah. um i don't think i'm stacking that game myself we were pretty high on the under last time it seems like it could be just yep. fine again. Uh, uh, I feel like there's got to be a cheap guy that I'm just missing. DiGiuseppe, 35. Yeah. Um, Jacob know, Peterson, whatever. 33. He's like the the third guy alongside Butcher and Hurdle at the moment, uh, getting power play one as well. Um, yeah, where did that come from? I don't know. Great question. Um, trying anything at this point. Yeah. I think yeah, everything else is probably a wait till tomorrow and see where they slot. Hey, uh, you could put on your running shoes and chase Michael Amadio alongside uh, Carlson and Riley Smith. Had a great game last time out. Uh, clearly a decent little player. Uh, Steph Nason, I think, is in play. He was second line alongside Marty Nachos last game, and he also got power play one duties. So, you know, who knows if that sticks, but regardless, regardless he's a guy who could get you a yucky goal. And uh, pay off his price tag for twenty nine hundred. I think that pretty Craig, much. Craig it. Smith. Um, you said Craig Smith. Yes. Craig Smith yes. Again. But, yep. Craig Smith continues to shoot pucks, uh, playing alongside Nick Backstrom. That should continue. He's a very good rates player, and I like that. So, okay, good. We have our we have our plays. Um, Defense. I pick whoever the fuck you want. Perfect. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, honestly, I just yeah, plug and play, figure it out. I don't think there's yeah. anything that's too crazy here. Just kind of scrolling through. Actually, you know what? Nope. Uh, keep an eye out for like, uh, you know, obviously forwards can benefit from like power play upgrades and whatnot. But uh, of these playoff teams, like keep an eye out for like the, the number one power play defenseman who gets scratched. Uh, for example, last time out, I think it was Vince Dunn got scratched. Um, Justin Schultz stepped in and I think had a smash smash game uh yeah 20.8 against arizona before he got benched against vegas for rest so um little spots like that are probably where you're going to find most of your value um so yeah that that's like the one thing to look out for but nothing jumps off the page to me and you know it's it's so dependent on what the rest of your lineup looks like that like yeah evan bouchard is a good play on paper but like you know he's gonna be owned so like it's just a matter of what else you're playing that makes it worthwhile right. or not. Last, so. last defenseman note is: Would you play uh, Quinn Hughes with that their Vancouver stack? Fifty-four hundred. Fifty-four hundred. Man, he plays a Correct. lot of hockey. So and, many minutes, uh, and like the rates look like they're there as far as in like actually shooting. Are they? They're just not getting to the net, I guess. Yeah, why, he has why eight, he have... eight shots on goal and five point four attempts per game. Yeah, he was a point per game player going into oh. the last ten or yeah, the last ten games. He was everything sixty. Stopped. Yeah, he was at sixty eight points in sixty seven games, and he puts up five points in ten games. Okay, uh, yeah, and he's shooting, know. and just I just that that seems pretty crazy. He's got eight shots on goal in his last five. He shot yeah 
like 25 bucks at the net. Yeah. I, I, I don't you, know. Just, I think you can. Regression yeah. could come for us all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for as well, but in the positive direction. Uh, well, actually, I guess for Quinn and me, but um, anyway. Oh, God. Yeah. I literally don't have anything else to say of interest. So let's just do a top stacks, guarantee goals, and close out the show. All right. Let me pull up the thing. I probably should have done that before, considering this happens every single podcast. You think by now, <laughs> the final one of the regular season, I'd be like, I'm already ready. I, I, am, I am ready, though. We're in, we uh, got, we're in playoff form. Stacks. All right. You go first. Did, oh, well, I was going to say, how did yesterday go? Oh, well, I had, oh, for goals, we were one and one each. You had Tippett and Zaka. I had Nutrushkin and Athanasio. Oh. So, okay. yeah, Tippett scored twice. Athanasio scored. Nutrushkin did not. Right? Yeah, only had one, yeah. And then Zaka yep. did not. Okay. Um, um, stacks. Um, Renton and McKinnon caves for you. Guess that didn't get there. Hughes, Brett, Palat can't confirm. Also, and then I had JT, Brock, DG, Asuppi, but they that switched that there. line and it being Pedersen. But I think that, that did get there anyways because Brock scored. And then I had big David Bouchard, RNH that did not get there. Eh, for last for for yesterday's slate, it kind of did get there. If you yeah. if you managed, if you put both of my stacks together, you you got there. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So, you know, I guess we could follow that up. Um, let's do a, let's do a San Jose. Screw it. Uh, you know, Edmonton, I think will be pressing to, you know, win. Uh, San Jose is just not going to roll over. And again, they have one line of any sort of value. Um, so let's go Couture Hurdle and Jacob Peterson. I love you, Eric Carlson. I don't know if I'm spending 80, 7,200 for, for Eric Carlson though. Um, so Matt wondering why he is not winning money. Oh, let's go San Jose. Um, <laughs> it's a very good yeah. point. <laughs> guessing, guessing this one finally. Um, you know, I, are you just taking Colorado, by the way? I feel like you've set yourself up perfectly to just I wasn't say it, I wasn't Colorado. going to, honestly, but um you know, know, I, just because I took them lastly, but you know, oh, okay. I, 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 I will be strongly considering them again. Okay. I just I don't know why I was just sitting here like, do I take Colorado? And then I'm like, well, you've given yourself the perfect out. So if you're not, I guess I will. Um McKinnon with uh the old rant man and uh I don't know. Honestly, I think I'm going to go to Nertushkin. Just, I don't care. They're not correlated five on five. If they, if they need it, they'll, they'll do it. Um, Yeah. You know, Devon Tays makes a ton of sense there. So yeah, that's what you did last time. And he stinks. You, you, you know, DJ, you're not, you're not as much of a square as, as you know, as I might say, you know, you're, you're sharp. You're pretty sharp. Sometimes you are right. Yeah. Devontae does think, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I saying? <laughs> he isn't good <laughs> at daily fantasy hockey. And thus, I don't think I'm going to um, play in at 5,500. All right. I Stack will, um, I will grab the, I mean, if you didn't jump off the page to take Kempe Arvidsson, uh, you know, I think that makes sense as a power play one stack. Drew Doughty is 4,600 against Anaheim. Like, far be it for me to tell you that Drew Doughty at 4,600 playing 28 minutes against Anaheim is not a good play. And it, in a game that LA would like to win, you know, they still have yeah. something to play for. So that seems well, like pretty good value. But, but it was still Byfield, Kempe, Kopitar, right? 
Correct. Okay. So, but you want to go with Arvids and Kempe Dowdy. Just making sure. Yes, the, the power play okay. stack. Yep. Okay, perfect. Perfect. That's what I wrote down. Um, no, I, I like it a lot. I just, I wonder about, I think I do that with like Vancouver, honestly. I think that would fit nicely. Kind of just well, getting like overweight. on, And I think, you know what? Why not run it back with Vancouver, but the right way this time? Uh, you definitely can't afford uh, Pedersen with the McKinnon Rantanen situation, but whatever. I'm going to do it myself. DJ Seppi with Pedersen and uh, Mr. JT Miller. Yeah. So, you know, when, when, when everyone's asking, oh, DJ, you, you picked such good stacks, how'd you not make any money? You know, you well, wait, they actually, cost me $75,000 for the six players. So I just take out Pedersen to make this almost fit and do Miller and. When he is. DJ, why didn't you win any money? Oh, well, I stacked Vancouver without Elias Pedersen. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we're all having fun here. I'll just um, do Pedersen. Who cares? You're right. It's my it's my podcast and I'll do it. I'll need it now. Um, the, the, the man's still coming down from his 10K win on a best puck. He, he doesn't give a shit about DraftKings over here. Um, never heard of this. All right. So guarantee goals. Um, not many options to pick from, you know, so I don't even know. Like, we're just kind of boxed in here. Do you have anyone that jumps out to you? Mm. Shit. Okay. What? Um, what? You got one? No, no, I don't. That's why I was hoping you might have one. No, I was thinking, could I do Jack Hughes in anyone? Was my thought, but. Uh, yeah, you could. You, you uh, could, but. Ah. Run it back. Yeah, let's why not? Oh, that's the same game. The same game parlay king with DJ. Over you're right. Here. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. What am I thinking? Hughes, Craig Smith. Thank you. Thank you. I I solved um, the Rubik's Cube. Yes. Oh uh, boy. All right. I'm gonna go Cal Connor, uh sixty four hundred. Um yeah, ironically, same price as Adrian Kempe. Um and Drum roll, please. Thank you for that drum roll. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Daniel Sprung. Let's see what Seattle uh, is out there. But um, you know, he he's obviously a rate shooter when he plays minutes. Uh, he played, I think, the most minutes of any game so far. Last game, clearly, he's a guy who benefits when guys sit. Um, it's not like Seattle doesn't want to win, but they also don't want guys to get hurt. He's got a you know decent power play job and. Uh, yeah, I hope Vegas wins this game with every fiber of my being, but Daniel Sprung can still score goals in losing efforts. We've seen it many times. So, um, yeah, I will take Cal Connor and Daniel Sprung. Uh, anything else? Yes, precisely. Perfect. I thought so. Um, no, just Friday, if you have anything, that, that any ability to tune in to the stream at 10 a.m. Eastern time for Best Puck Breakfast. I would, I mean, uh, I'd love what? real, I mean, real talk. If, if you like people talking about hockey, um, over that has maybe the most pull among the people that like sort of exist in the fantasy, like, but not like sicko, you know, like, like if people show up type. and, and, and like, he gets big numbers. He may exactly. do hockey again. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's hockey point. Again. Yes. I, yeah. Like this is actually so. I think I should probably be talking about more, but I don't want to annoy him. Like, I don't want to tweet it out like five times a day, but yeah. man, this is a really big opportunity for hockey to grow because all of the underdog people know I'm on it too. 
um one of the yep. guys like said something to me and i was like yeah i know it's pretty great and and they're like they're watching like this could really help grow the sport and i know it's not like you know i'm not trying to besmirch the good name of, of overzet but like and i get that this is not going to the pat mcafee show right like i get it's not the same size but i think as far as like actually influence in oh. in a in a vacuum like what pete says and pete asks people to do like people do like you know what i mean yeah. it's uh it's like the 10,000 fans. Like he has that hardcore fan base that most, you know, dream of having. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You, that's the best way to you put it. have, yeah, no. And I think you've experienced that firsthand. So yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. They love me. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it should be a lot of fun, you know, uh, talking about hockey and like it to a new person, it should be entertaining, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm looking forward to it and hopefully you guys check that out too. Um, it will yeah. be funny. Follow follow us on Twitter at Morning Skate Pod. Uh, we will plan on having some form of a playoff preview. Uh, I don't know. Uh, my, my schedule got a little wonky because I'm heading out of town uh, this weekend. I'm we'll see also we heading do. out of town, but I'll be back. We let's let's close the show. We'll talk right after. Okay. We'll um, other things go over. Yeah. So so in any case, we will be back at you know some point. Uh, before the playoffs start, it might just be like a you know day one of playoffs rather than like a full preview though. And uh, you know, I think I've teased this before, but I am almost done putting together a bunch of clips from our preseason uh, discussions and topics, and that should be a lot of fun to go back and you know listen to what made us smart and listen to the awful awful takes we had and sort of laugh at each other. Um, so that should be fun. Looking forward to that. We'll do that at some point during the, the playoffs. It's just sort of like a season recap. So uh, still some stuff coming from us. Be sure you get in the Discord uh, by DMing one of us. I am at Fake Moods. DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. And again, uh, Friday morning, 10 a.m., check out DJ on the Peter Overzet best ball stream. Uh, any final thoughts? No. Okay. Thank you all for listening. From Doug, from DJ, from myself. Have a good everybody, and we will see you.